0: Hey, everyone, Kara here from the Kara Golden Show. Look, I've started and scaled companies, but when I first started podcasting, figuring out the workflow for this business was a real challenge. There were so many moving parts that I needed to learn from scheduling and recording to editing and promoting each episode. But once I streamlined the process, things got easier. I was able to focus more on bringing in amazing guests and delivering great content, which was such a relief. Thinking about this experience reminded me of the challenges many face managing their business every day. Whether you are the CEO or working supporting one, you need the right tools to streamline processes, especially when it comes to shipping and handling orders that's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your shipments from all your sales channels. ShipStation automates tasks, prints shipping labels in bulk, and keeps your customers informed, freeing up your time to focus on growing your business. If you're looking for a way to simplify shipping and make your business more efficient, ShipStation is the solution. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time too. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me and my team to manage orders from anywhere. Print shipping labels from just a click. Yes, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable with discounts up to 89% off carrier rates. And who wouldn't want that? Plus, an easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses as well? ShipStation just makes it easier so your business can grow. And yes, even when you're on your summer vacation, ShipStation is it. Work less and ship more with ShipStation, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA, K-A-R-A, to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code Kara. Use code Kara for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code Kara
1: go and spend a whole bunch of time talking to your customers and let them tell you and share with you what the the problem you really solve because it's probably not your product <laughs> it's it's something else you know that that you you do for them that is sort of the secret weapon i think for a lot of folks just getting started uh, particularly in service businesses i am unwilling to give up that i will start over from scratch
0: as many times as it takes To get where I want to be, I want to be. You
1: just want to make sure you will
0: get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show. So excited to have my next guest here. You may recognize his voice when he starts talking. This is John Jantz. Uh, Rhymes with pants, so not to be confused in, in any way. It's spelled a little bit differently, but... He runs this amazing podcast called Duct Tape Marketing that you may be familiar with, and you can check it out and also uh, see a little bit more about him and his website at ducttapemarketing.com. He's also got an amazing book out that is called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. So we're going to hear a little bit more about that but John's has been called one of the world's most practical small business experts for consistently delivering proven real-world small business marketing ideas and strategies. I was recently on his podcast and just talking to him, he's just I you just have all these little nuggets that you add on to conversations that I think are are just really awesome. So when I um, was on chatting with him, I just felt like he really got it. And I wanted to ask him to come on because I know there's so many people who are really looking for lots of nuggets around how all of us have built things or how do you be a great CEO or how do you Stay being a founder and, and in a company and etc. So he's the president of Duct Tape Marketing System and Consulting Network as well, and just so much, so much, so much that he is doing that is great. So anyway, welcome, welcome. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the other great stuff that that you have uh, going on as well. In but. Anyway, more than anything, John, welcome. I'm going to let you do the talking. Yeah, now.
1: no, thank, th- thanks. thanks, Kara. I appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on the the launch of your first book. Uh, looks yeah. like it's uh, going well, and uh, hopefully, it's uh, selling selling even more water.
0: Thank you so much. How many? <laughs> wait, have you? But you have more books. Yeah, along, this uh, yeah. the book
1: we're going to talk about today. The self reliant entrepreneur is actually my sixth book, um, and believe it or not, I. Just last week, turned in uh, my seventh book to uh, Oh my to Harper uh, Collins Leadership, who's going to publish that in the fall of twenty twenty one. So, and that was my publisher rolling. as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's awesome. Very very cool. So, give a little bit of background besides what I've been uh, <laughs> chatting about on you. Give a little bit of background on on who John was before being known as the duct tape marketer. <laughs>
1: well, we got to go back a long way if we're going to decide that. <laughs> I started my Let's own do uh, mar- marketing consulting practice about 30 years ago. Um, and I, you know, I got out of college, went to work for an ad agency for about five years and thought, you know, like a lot of people, well, any dummy can run a business, you know, I'll, I'll just jump out and do my own thing. And, uh, no plan, you know, other than I knew I could hustle work. And uh, so, you know, I eventually uh, started to kind of grow that, taking big projects, little projects, big companies, little companies, didn't care. Um, but somewhere along the way, I uh, I got a couple of small business clients, and I really loved working with them. But they mm-hmm. were... Uh, They were kind of frustrating, you know, because they they had the same challenges and needs as much bigger firms, but uh, certainly not the same ability to pay for it or even the same attention spans. So uh, somewhere around, I love saying this, the turn of the century, um, I decided (laughs) that uh, that uh, what I needed to do if I wanted to work with small business owners was uh, to create a, a very kind of systematic approach where I could walk in and say. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the ho- results we hope to get. And by the way, here's what it costs. Um, and I, I, you know, in trying to solve my. Frustration of working with small business owners, I kind of pretty quickly learned that uh, I tapped into what is still today one of the biggest frustrations for typical small to mid-sized businesses. It's kind of hard to buy marketing services. I mean, it's changing mm-hmm. rapidly. Everybody's selling a piece of the puzzle, and you know, very few people actually are talking about strategy before tactics. And so, it was kind of a welcome uh, message, I think. And and so, I built a, a full practice doing that and and started. Uh, started writing about it. Uh, that actually turned into duct tape marketing. The the, the name uh, came quite frankly from my uh, sort of my thinking that I was turning marketing into almost a product uh, for a small business, and so I, had, I needed to give it a more branded name. <laughs> and so that's really where the name duct tape marketing came from. And uh, that uh, that turned into a, a book, that my first book that uh, that you mentioned, and then also turned into uh, we now um, train and license consultants all over the world.
0: today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today.
1: There's our methodology and our system. So that's that's kind of the, the two-minute version of, of you know what I've been doing for the last 25, 30 years.
0: That's amazing. When you <laughs> met with companies Early on, and you talked about them as small businesses, yeah. what was the, uh, like, what were the companies that were, what stage were they at where it was sure. like really kind of, I don't know if, if hardest is like the right question, yeah. but I feel like it's different stages create different challenges,
1: no, no, no question. Um, if you think about when I was doing this, this is before the internet. You know, is when I started mm-hmm. my my business, and so you know, the idea of startups and and you know Silicon Valley was really not even a thing uh, so much. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the businesses I started working with were, you know, your very traditional kind of mom and pop, you know, five accountants, you know, three lawyers, <laughs> remodeling contractor, you know, that kind of local, you know, brick and mortar type of of business. Um, and many of them, uh, the, at least who we attracted, were people that were um, I, I wouldn't they certainly wouldn't call them startups. I mean, they were uh, and they and they probably wouldn't even be considered in necessarily in, in growth or you know scaling phases. You know, the things we talk about today, they were kind of, you know, like a lot of a lot of small businesses, you know, 20, 30 years ago were created almost as a way to just create a job for, you know, some, for the owners, you know, or for the people that went to work there. And so uh, a lot of uh, the reason that, that they were contacting us is because they had, they had been outwardly successful. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 10, $15 million remodeling contractor, which, you know, on, for local remodeling business that's a pretty decent sized business, but they had they had no sort of systematic or really even formal approach to marketing. It was you know they did mm-hmm. qu- good work and hope people talked about them and and uh and and all of a sudden, there was this new thing coming along you know websites and the internet and and digital marketing and and so you know a lot of the appeal was. That I think uh, our firm and our message was really kind of about, hey, we'll help you kind of straddle that 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 new you know new frontier, uh, but also kind of mix it with, uh, uh, I would say, the practical nature of of you know knowing how they really get their business. So. The the businesses we quite often had been in business for you know eight ten years, uh, but they you know they kind of grown to what they could keep their arms around. That was about the, <laughs> the extent that was of their the biggest. scale. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like it, so? Do you think the strategy, the marketing strategy for somebody who's local versus somebody that's national, above and beyond sort of uh, the uh, maybe the advertising, if you have budgets to yeah, yeah, be able yeah, yeah. to do that, do you think it's different?
1: Yeah, it, it's. I think it is. I mean, they obvious, obviously, you know, to be able to. I mean, there certainly are e-commerce companies that are you know working in a little back room, you know, but still sending stuff all over the world uh, today because we can. But you know, in the traditional kind of business foundation, um, just the the pure size makes a difference. But mm-hmm. also, you know, if you are a local business and you're constrained by local customer base, because that's, you know, that's who can and will buy from you. Um, the marketing is quite different because it has to be, um, it, it it has to be much more local focused, much more community focused. But it also, there also is a, uh, believe it or not, there's a, the, there's a local uh, SEO component uh, today that's become, you know, virtually, I mean, if you're not showing up, if you're that local business and people are searching and they're not finding you on the the three pack, you know, of Google on their mobile device, then you almost don't exist because so much business is done that way today.
0: So true. So you've written about how marketing has changed in the digital world. I'd love for you to dig into that a little bit.
1: Sure. Well, well, some of the obvious things that people talk about, um, the, 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 the platforms and the, you know, the channels and the way that we can uh, directly, you know, uh, as as you do in your business, you know, directly um, reach and communicate with customers. You know, those are all pretty substantial changes that a lot of people point to. But I think the biggest thing that's changed is, is how people buy, how people become customers. That's changed more than marketing itself. I think our job as marketers hasn't really fundamentally changed that much. It's just, we have to now understand the customer journey and and how people come to find the companies that they do business with, how they talk about them, how they how they decide to buy from them—that's the part mm-hmm. that that I think has changed um, the most. You know, all the other stuff, the you know, email marketing and TikTok and you know all the new things that you know that have come along. Uh, those are just different ways for people to to access and come to know about companies. Uh, but but you know, earning. Um, making a promise to solve somebody's problem and earning the trust so that they'll give us their money to solve that problem. You know, that's as ancient as, as, you know, marketing gets. And that hasn't changed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm such a huge believer in that too. I, I talk all the time about, you know, this consumer and how if you start with them actually owning the decision Right. And so people and it's amazing how people don't really they think, How do I how do I reach this person? And that's one piece of it. But the but the other piece of it is that it's not just about reaching because they can go wherever they want. I mean, in the case of Hint, my company, for example, we're available in lots of stores and you know, before offices closed, we were available in lots of offices and um, and online, and also on Amazon. And people right. will say, as an example, like what if I mean, we have over fifty five percent of our business today is online. But people will say, well, they will write to me and say, you know, I can buy it at, at Target for less less yeah. money than right. I can buy it from you guys online. What should I do? Because I want to support you as a business. I'm like. You should buy it wherever you want, right? Because you're the customer and you're ultimately going to be making that decision. And I think that that kind of answer for consumers, too, is exactly the answer that it, whether or not everybody's saying that to them or not, that will be, they own th- this consumer owns yeah. exactly what's ultimately going to happen. And I can imagine for some of your smaller businesses too, I mean, with the effect of digital on them and, yeah. and it's, uh, they can go wherever they want to order physical products or services or, you know, it's, it's an interesting time.
1: Well, and, and I would flip that around a little bit. The fact that you have customers that want to buy from you are yeah. actually willing to pay more. Yeah. To buy from you because they want to support you, I think says a lot about the the narrative and the and the story uh, of Hint and and your company. Um, and I think that that's you know that's the part that I think has become so much more important in this, particularly in this uh, strange year of 2020. Um, I noticed that many of the companies that we work with, many of the brands that we work with, uh, the ones that that. Are are really thriving, and uh, you know had that close relationship with customers, uh, that that wanted them to be around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know didn't want this to to have a negative impact, and and that's uh you know that's a that that to me is a true testament of of success of a of a business of certainly of their marketing.
0: Yeah, I remember when we were raising money for Hint early on, and you know I would. I had just gotten so used to sharing my story because people said, "Why, like, you're a tech executive. Why did you decide decide to start this company? And I told the health story, et cetera. And then when I was out raising money, I remember – Um, one of the VCs that I was talking to said, don't actually tell your founding story to people because it'll make you look really small. (laughs) And today, I mean, more and more people are saying that they actually should tell their founding story because I think people, right? And it's such a, it's, I mean, that was 15 years ago. And I think that's truly flipped. And I think that- Consu- and and as I was talking today to somebody uh, uh, about this whole topic too, I think that it can you know if you have a a founder or an owner of a company that behaves badly, it it, it can work against you too. I mean, sure, it's sure. like you you're in the spotlight, and yeah. so I think you have to behave yourself. And and not that I do anything that interesting in these days anyway. So, but. Anyway, I just think it's a, it's a very, very important aspect. Do you find that a lot of uh, – by the time they come to you, do you feel like a lot of them are trying to figure that out, whether or not they tell their story or not? I, well, and-
1: I, I think it's become so much more prevalent. Like you say, there, mm-hmm. are, you know, there are books written about it all the time, and, and so it's, um, it's certainly become more uh, expected – um, I think in certain industries, uh, as you kind of pointed to, I mean, the, the story is actually the the product differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there there definitely are a lot of people that 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 could um, theoretically knock off what you're doing, but part of the connection to what you're doing in your brand is 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 the story. Although I do have a line extension for you, um, I think um, you should come up with hard hint
0: yeah oh we've we've thought of that yeah so we've uh, we've toyed around to, with that so I actually uh, we've thought about doing the uh, white claw equivalent yeah, 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 with yeah. with no sweeteners in it so yeah.
1: well. Well, I put a little tequila in the cherry, and I'm telling you, it's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And uh, we've had many people share that, and it's uh, it's it's a super great idea. I can't say that you're the first one that's no. ever said that. So uh, John Legend, one of our investors, has the uh, BlackBerry in particular. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's, that's his favorite. And I think it's, I think it's with vodka actually, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it, I think he's tried it with tequila at points along the way as well. But anyway, so speaking of companies, where, what did you feel like was the, like name one company that you've worked with that you felt like that was just a kind of a surprising moment that you guys had together and start, tried to figure out the marketing challenges and journey. <sighs>
1: um you know i can i'll 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 use two one really big one one really small one i in the early days of all of this content and stuff going on um uh with a very small group of folks um started um american express's open forum Uh, Um, so it was the open card and their open forum which is now you know i think still still around and is is you know Got a lot uh, that, that's there in the archives, but uh, there were about five of us that, that actually helped them uh, start that. Uh, when they, you know, they were one of the they were one of the early kind of very big brands to jump on this whole idea of lots of content and producing, you know, useful. Uh, resources for their uh for their client base that was not related to you know their product or service uh, in any way <laughs> uh, other yeah. than to you know be a value add to the relationship um so that was that was fun um frankly because it was you know it was very new and, and it was very successful uh in the way in which it uh, it, it took off Um, But then, you know, probably my favorite is uh, I I have a remodeling contractor in Kansas City. I'm in Kansas City, uh, Missouri today. Um, And I have a client that I've had uh, since 2004. And they were the, I'm quite certain, the first remodeling contractor that was blogging um, (laughs) back in in early 2004, 2005. Uh, But uh, the the reason I've loved working with them is uh, when I started working with them, they were... Um, you know, a small, very you know, kind of mom and pop uh, firm. They have just you know had double digit growth uh, every year in an in an industry that has some ups and downs, and uh, um, it's just been fun to kind of you know, I almost feel like a part of the family. Uh, it is a family that that owns the business, and I've, I kind of feel like a part of the family. And uh, but they've you know they've they've grown to be the certainly by far and away the largest uh, remodeling contractor in Kansas City.
0: I know. I always look on. House and some of the yeah, others, yeah, yeah, even yeah. you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. necessarily. Actually, I've done quite a few little projects here and there, but I'm always trying to. My True. curiosity as an <laughs> entrepreneur, I'm always trying to figure this stuff out along the way. So, what would you say? And then I want to get into the book. What would you say is like the kind of the the number one thing that somebody should do from a marketing standpoint today? If if I'm if I'm your neighbor and I'm starting yeah, this yeah. new company and you know want to go and and get it out there? What do you think is the key thing? Well,
1: so I have two bits of advice because um, if you've got a business um, going, you know, and, and it's, you know, you're thinking, how do I take it to the next level? My advice is, Go out and spend a whole bunch of time talking to your customers and let them, uh, let them tell you and share with you what the, the problem you really solve, because it's, it's not, it's probably not your product. (laughs) It's, it's something else, you know, that, that you, you do for them. Um, but if you're just starting up, what a lot of times, what I tell people is find somebody who's already got the market that you think you want to get into and find a way to partner, um, find a way to, um, Provide some something of value uh, to them that uh, that that gives them a reason for them to introduce you to their customer base. So, for example, when I was uh, all this content stuff was first uh, taking off uh, online, there were a lot of companies that were scrambling for like, well, we don't have a content team, we don't know what to write, you know, <laughs> we, we're we're kind of lost. And so, yeah. I, I made a couple really big inroads into large software companies. To, because they had small business as their um, as their clientele, that's who bought. You know, Sage Software was one of them. They had a, a couple of, of small business titles, and so they were looking for people to partner with that that you know could educate their small businesses on you know how to do marketing. Um, and so you know, I went out and you know they probably uh, between all of the uh, the events I did for them and and a couple ebooks that I wrote for them that they distributed to their um, to their customer base, I and mean, they probably were worth thousands of customers um, in, in the end. You know, to um, you know, w- whether they are book buyers or course buyers, or you know, folks that worked with uh, with our uh, consultants, we still have some today. I know that came from that relationship. So, you know, that's that um, is is sort of the secret weapon, I think, for a lot of folks just getting started, uh, particularly in service businesses.
0: Yeah, and then you can always move on to you know, step two of hiring people internally, if you really need to do that. But I think that that's that's great. And you look much bigger, too, as well. That's right.
1: I mean, you borrow from their their credibility and their trust. I mean, it's like a referral and, and it's just a great way to get started. Uh, quickly yeah because that 's the the challenge is getting getting that first sort of shot of momentum a lot of times is really tough
0: yeah i when in your first point about talking to your customers, I remember I would casually talk to my friends, but yeah. i I realized about my idea for an unsweetened flavored water, but I realized that I was even ahead of them, right that I yeah. wanted a product that didn 't have sweeteners in it, and as you know my story, I always talk about. You know, we not only started a company, but I realized pretty early on that we were starting a new category. And so for people who are starting new categories in any industry, uh, you're way ahead of the consumer. And so often the consumer, you know, doesn't necessarily know what they want, right? And yeah. But I would then go into Whole Foods and I'd watch this consumer that was buying diet drinks and Mm -hmm. like healthier drinks. And I'd say, oh, hey, have you ever tried that product before? And I just started. And some people just were like, oh, she's weird. I'm not going to talk to her. And so they'd like go away. But a lot of times people would actually give me. I'll, you know, this one's okay. It's yeah. just like, I don't really like the, the fruit that they use, you know, or the flavor that they use. And, oh, you should try this one. They don't have it at this store, but they have it at this other store. They have mm-hmm. a good. And so I just found just by kind of hanging out in the aisle and that in where my consumer would be, it was like a better. And I've never been a huge believer in focus groups. I used to hire Lots of people in tech for focus groups. And I feel yeah, like yeah. it's it's way better if you actually just, you know, if you're starting a hardware store or you've got this idea, just go into a hardware store and ta- start talking to people on the, exactly. you know, in the different aisles. And, yep. you know, hopefully you won't get kicked out. Maybe that's not a great example. But, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. It's, uh, a- I think absolutely. that it's...
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's everything. I mean, if you, you launch a website, you know, get people to look at it and, and tell you what, not what they think, but get them get them to do what it is you want them to do. Uh, because I think, I think that's a great example of, you know, we build these things and we think they're perfect and like the button's right there and it's like they can't figure out how to use it like,
0: well,
1: it's obvious, (laughs) you know, but nothing's obvious. Um, So, yeah, do whatever you can do to actually learn, you know, the real behavior. That's, you know, that's. I was
0: was listening to uh, Morning Brew. Do you ever listen to Mm -hmm, to that? mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, It's a mm -hmm. podcast. I was listening to Morning Brew and they had a woman on there who used to be at Sweet Greens. And she was a head of marketing. And I just, I put it on my Lexus. She was just like, you know. Talking on the audio as I'm uh, getting ready this morning. And she said something that was so interesting about branding that I think a lot of people don't do, which is that consider every single touch point to be an opportunity to brand. It seems obvious, but things like invoices, things like, you know emails that go out, every single piece should really be talking about the same consistent message around your brand. And I, I loved that. I just, it was just a great reminder that, you know, I, I wrote to my head of marketing, who's awesome, but I was like, I was like, do you think we've like every single touch point, have we covered it? And I think it's just always just a good reminder every few months to go and look at that.
1: Well, and, and it is really easy to get detached from some of the communication and things that are going out there yeah. you know, to the world because maybe you designed them once and they're working, you know, but, but you know, are they are they branded? Like you said, and, and I think a lot of the challenges, it's almost a cultural thing. It's not just mm-hmm. marketing, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost because you think about all the people that uh, that do come into contact with, with customers and prospects. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of them don't have like marketing on their business card any, anywhere, you yeah, know, but they're totally. certainly performing a marketing function.
0: Yeah, and also getting them to tell their friends and figuring right. out some way to build the the audience in that way. Okay, so now, <laughs> da, 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 drum roll! I wish I had a drum. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, self-reliant entrepreneur, so good, and with so many amazing little tips in there, and the book offers. Um, I I guess I'll take your quote, overworked and harried. I don't know if I would, I would say <laughs> I'm harried, but I'm uh, definitely overworked, but enjoying what I'm doing, a much needed practice guide to embrace the practice of self-trust. And I certainly um, can completely relate to that because I think that the biggest problem that I had early on was actually trusting myself. And mm, yeah. so any reminder um to and and that journey continues at times yep. so talk to me a little bit about why you decided to do this and sure. some of the meditations yeah. you have in here too are pretty awesome
1: so um i as i think i mentioned uh, it's my sixth book and it, all my other books are very practical how to you know some aspect of marketing and this book is not a how to book at all it's it's more of a why to book and um it's a book that i wrote maybe started to write you know for myself um, I, you know, I think that uh, entrepreneurship is one of the greatest self-development programs <laughs> ever created. Uh, if you, you know, take the opportunity, and and uh, you know, twenty or so years ago, you know, I really embraced that idea, um, and and you know started practices, a morning ritual, started practices of reading and, uh, you know, getting inspired and, and, you know, really trying to, t- I, I do think that, you know, as entrepreneurs, you go out there a lot of days and get kind of beat up and you got to like recharge again, you know, the next day and then totally. go do it again. And so I wrote a book that fit into my morning ritual of, of, you know, reading and journaling. And so the, the way the book is structured is, uh, you have a different reading every day. I actually curated um, literature from the mid nineteenth century, um, so all of the uh, all of the literature that I quote, uh, you know, each day some some reading is from a, a narrow band of literature written in you know from about eighteen fifty to eighteen seventy, um, and the reason I chose that is is that's. Uh, That's writing that I think is still today some of the best entrepreneurial writing uh, ever. It was the first countercultural period in America, at least. Uh, It was, you Mm -hmm. know, you think about what was going on. We were on the cusp of the Civil War. Uh, Women were starting to march in the streets to get the right to vote. Uh, we were trying to abolish the legal act of human slavery. Um, And so it was a time in this country when a lot of the literature was, certainly some of it was very overt about, you know, we need to stop listening (laughs) to our, you know, teachers and preachers and parents, and we need to start thinking for ourselves. It was also a time when a lot of the greatest literature that we've all been asked to read in high school and college from, you know, Herman Melville and, Thoreau and uh, Louisa May Alcott uh, was written. And it was the first time in American literature where the protagonists were, were actually um, finally saying, you know, this may cost me everything, but I have Mm -hmm. to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so to me, that, that literature and that that writing has stood the test of time. And I think it offers some amazing uh, insights for us as entrepreneurs today. So I took every day and, and you have some sort of reading that I curated from hundreds of authors in that period. Um, and then 150 to 200 words from me uh, contextualizing it maybe for today. Um, and then I leave you every day with a question that I call a challenge question. So it's just meant to be a little two minute exercise that you, you dip into every day and, and hopefully get some, uh, some inspiration around, uh, some of the, the, the recurring themes that, uh, that I've, you know, Discovered in my entrepreneurial journey.
0: Which one of the meditations is your favorite?
1: There are 366 of them, Kara. How I can know. I possibly well, okay, pick one? Well, just so, bring
0: bring up one. That all right. Is so just... here's
1: I have an idea. You and I are recording this on December 10th. Why don't I yeah. read December 10th? Okay, perfect. I think that will give people a real flavor, and you're going to like this one because it, the title is "Feminine Energy." So I picked that out just. I don't read.
0: have much of that though. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. All right. So no, I do. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> so here, yeah, I mean, I, I'm suggesting everybody I think needs that needs some some yeah. level of that. But uh, so it's feminine energy, and then uh, then the reading, and then my part, and then the question. So every new relation and every new scene should be a new page in the book of the mysteries of life, reverently and lovingly pursued, but if folded down, never to be read again. It must be regarded as only the introduction to a brighter one. That was written by um, a woman named Sophia Ripley in 1841. And it was in a publication called The Dial, uh, which was a popular magazine uh, of the time. And the the essay was called uh, Women. All right. Now my part. The Transcendentalists were social reformers as a lot. About the only thing they agreed upon universally was what might have been called their liberalness. The period featured the emergence of strong female female voices, given a platform perhaps for the first time. Ripley's essay, appearing in the movement's official publication, The Dial, attempts to describe ideal or perfect woman. Although it does contain language relating to the traditional domestic roles at the time, it also explores feminine energy in ways that transcend gender. It's it's worth a search uh, to read the entire essay. And you ask, how is this going to apply to your entrepreneurial journey? A healthy business values feminine and masculine energy to see a problem and want to fix it, even if it's not broken, and to view every new relation and every new scene as a new page in the book of the mysteries. This topic is too colossal to tackle in this space, but today, consider, pay attention to it and see if you find some truth in its existence. So your challenge question today, what is your default response when challenged? Think about a recent event. Do you know others who respond differently than you?
0: Hmm. I love that.
1: So 90, 90 seconds that. or so of, <laughs> of daily inspiration. No,
0: I, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. It's such a good idea. And I think it's really a tool, right? It yeah, just kind of... Yeah. I mean, I always talk about how at every single level, whether you're a student or uh, an entrepreneur or you're a a management consultant or a new podcaster or whatever, you always have to be learning. That the happiest people today are challenged, they're a little bit afraid, they're undaunted, Um, they're... You know, they're constantly looking and striving yeah. to. And I think that your book just is just a, another tool for that. And I love well, it.
1: In, in fact, I, I tell people all the time that I wrote this book, uh, which was a stretch for me. I mean, this was uh, the hardest book I've actually written. Um, and it, you know, tr- a tremendous amount of research, you know, had to go into it. And I wrote this book because I found myself a couple years ago when I started this project kind of feeling a little stuck. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was like, I needed something to push me a little bit. Um, you know, I'd written about and talked about marketing for 25 years and I was like, I need something different. And so this, this book in a lot of ways kind of, uh, revived my joy, you know, for, for, you know, what I was doing and my business. I love and it. so it, uh, I, I, so to, to, to your point, I think that we have to sometimes look for those things.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So, John, besides Duct Tape Marketing and going on to your great podcast, where can people find you on social? You,
1: you bet. So the easiest way to find me of everything I've been doing for the last few decades is just at ducttapemarketing.com. Uh, and that's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E-marketing.com. And I'm um, duct tape marketing on all the Social media platforms, except for Twitter, because um, when I got on Twitter, which was uh, the fall of 20, 2005 when it when it first launched, um, you could only have eight characters as your handle, <laughs> um, and so I'm I'm just duct tape instead of duct tape marketing. They've since changed that, but I didn't want to change mine.
0: Interesting. Well, that's really great. <laughs> well, very excited, and uh, if you guys like this podcast, definitely give it great reviews and share it and all that kind of stuff. And we will be here every Monday and Wednesday with amazing people like John to share lots of ideas and experiences with you. So thanks so much for listening. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness.